Hi, this is episode 19 of the American Quinault podcast titled Staffing Your Laundromat. I'm your host and editor of the magazine, Bruce Beggs. My guest today is Michael Finkelstein, president and owner of Associated Services Corporation based in Danville, Virginia. His company operates a large chain of Laundryland laundromats and distributes equipment in Virginia and North Carolina. Michael bought the company in 2004 after a successful 25-year career as a food broker department VP managing Fortune 500 brands. Michael has served on the Coin Laundry Association board for the past six years and has chaired and worked on a variety of CLA committees. He was recently named CLA Operator of the Year for 2019. Michael, welcome to the American Coin Op Podcast. Thank you, Bruce. Tell us about your business operation, how many people are employed across your company's laundromats, and how many of them are attendants? Approximately 25% of our folks are administrative, uh, back-channel kind of folks, and 75% are uh, attendants that work in the laundry every day. Based on your experience, what basic characteristics, being attentive, arriving for a shift on time, treating customers with respect, those types of things, what basic characteristics should a store owner seek when hiring attendants? The three that you just outlined are definitely uh, ingredients that you need to have when you're looking for attendance. You need to have that bubbly personality of someone that is uh, customer-oriented. You also have to have someone that is uh, organized in their thoughts and can communicate. Obviously, being dependable and uh, wanting to do a good job and having that infectious personality is something that we, we look for. Those are the basic ingredients, and that can follow direction. Everybody probably does it uh, a bit differently, but how does your company conduct the interviewing and hiring process? We have supervisors that go and find various attendants that we might need in various towns that we operate in. We post in our laundries for work and interview them. We also look outside of that by whether we're going to hotels for the housekeeping department or someone that just uh, strikes us as an, a great personality at a fast food restaurant or just a reference. The supervisor interviews them and decides if they fit the criteria that they're looking for. And if they're not sure, they might bring in another supervisor, a lead supervisor, if you will, to verify that this is a good fit. If, in fact, it is and there is agreement there, then we will agree to hire that individual, filling out all the necessary paperwork, that is required and making background checks, drug tests, the whole gamut. We have a, uh, a handbook, employee handbook, that we review with them. We obviously make sure that all of the legal requirements are there and uh, any references. We offer them a, a 90-day probationary period for employment 
that gives them an idea of what we expect of them and gives us an idea if they're going to be able to do what we expect them to do. Do you think the scope of services a store offers might influence its hiring process? If you offer wash, dry, fold, you know, you're going to, in my mind, you're going to want a different type of, or an employee who's able to do different skills than perhaps just an attendant helping to manage a self-serve laundry, no wash, dry, fold. It does in one respect because we are looking for that person that will have that motivation to perform a wash, dry, and fold service because uh, we empower the employee to generate volume sales and they share in that, in, in that effort. And as opposed to the regular employee that is simply there to keep the store clean, safe, help consumers with any problems they might have or helping them take their clothes to their car or, or whatever uh, they might need. So yes, it is different. Training is obviously a big part of building a competent staff. How may a store owner go about doing this? You know, what method or methods have you found to be useful? I purchased this business about 15 years ago. They had a basic employee handbook that gave me some kind of frame of reference of how things were done back in those days. So in essence, you're teaching employees, hey, um, if there is uh, a leak, you need to turn off the water. If there's a fire, there's an extinguisher here, you need to call 911. Various incidents that could occur were already included in that handbook. So we just, you know, for lack of better term, modernized it. So that gave us some framework of which we could use to help the employee get up to speed a lot quicker. So we review the handbook with the employee at the time. Then that supervisor will come back during that probationary 90-day period and, in essence, role play, if you will, with that employee saying, okay, um, what do you do if there is this situation? And then that employee needs to respond accordingly. During that period of time, they're learning from studying and being asked because the supervisor that comes is coming every about every 10 days at least, if not every week, to uh, make sure everything is going well. What tasks should the average laundry attendant be expected to accomplish on a regular basis? Cleaning, addressing customers, working with customers. What are some of the the tasks that an average laundry attendant should be able to handle? The ones that you just outlined are are ones, obviously, uh, cleaning windows, uh, doors, making sure the alarm is on when they're leaving, um, turning it off, obviously, when they come in, call-ins as far as any problems that are occurring with it, whether it's the changer or the machines or credit card swipes, uh, anything along those lines, making sure that the uh, lint in the bottom of the dryer is cleaned out on a regular basis. If they're hearing machines that are sound that they are laboring to identify that, uh, making sure that the 
Uh, customers have what they need. If the soap machine is out of soap, if the Pepsi machine is not working, or any video games or uh, snack machines, that the uh, security cameras and all of those things are working properly, and then uh, assisting customers. You mentioned when you, you took over the business or when you purchased the business, they had a, a handbook kind of in place, uh, which you've used and, and have found to be very helpful. And that's where my question related to this. How can documenting a store's standard operating procedures aid the store owner in training attendance? It provides consistency. So if your expectation is that you want a store to run properly and you want it to be the best it can possibly be, you're utilizing that uh, handbook as a guideline, and that way you have a standard that you can measure against. It helps not just with the 90-day probationary period of a new employee, but it also helps that seasoned professional because sometimes they may, might forget some of the things that are required or needed. It's obviously, the 10 or 11 things that our expectations are done every day are posted by that time clock. That, those are pretty much basic blocking and tackling, if you will. The other things that we're talking about, the what-ifs about a leak on the floor, a dryer fire, or you know, broken glass, or something along those lines, what do you do, how do you do it, it's in that book for easy reference. How long should an attendance initial training last until they're expected to work independently? Does the probationary period in your company, does that relate to training at all? Or is that the period of time that during which you're really just judging that new attendance performance to determine if they're going to continue working? It's the latter, Bruce, because obviously you want to feel them out and they want to see if it, the job is right for them. A lot of the attendants that we have, this is a second job for them. So basically it gives them uh, a feel to see if they can do it from a personal standpoint but the 90-day probationary period, it, uh, if the stores is not kept up or things are not communicated or the time cards aren't punched or whatever the case may be, um, it gives us um, an opportunity to get it corrected. And if it isn't corrected, then we simply have the ability to part ways. How can a store owner keep attendance properly motivated to perform while away from the store? So the way to do that is by providing them that checklist by the time clock so that they know what their daily work requirements are needed and they're getting those regular visits by that supervisor many times unannounced. In addition, they're getting other visits. They're getting visits by the maintenance people that are coming, by the collectors that are coming, by me and they don't know when that's going to occur. That keeps them motivated and, so to speak, on their toes, and that ensures that things are being met. The periodic phone calls that are being made to check in that are not just from the attendant calling in, but by the supervisor calling them also helps where there is both two-way communication that occurs. And so we believe that 
by that happening, you're able to keep them motivated. Reviewing employees is vital to building and keeping a knowledgeable, dependable group of attendants. How can a store owner go about reviewing their performance? By providing that regular feedback, both when you're at the visits or on phone calls or when the performance evaluations occur, that's how you're able to do that because then there are no surprises. Is performance review more important early in an attendance service than it is after they've been working for you for a while? It's very important during those first 90 days because that employee in most parts don't really have a handle of what their expectations uh, are. Are they being met? Are they not? Are they doing a good job? So that first 90 days is really important from both standpoints. They want to make sure they're doing it right. We want to make sure they're doing it right and that they're showing up and doing it as we would like it to be done. So that is very important because that's when you're going to know if they're going to make it or not. If someone's work performance isn't meeting an operator's expectations after they've received training, what steps should the owner take? The way that we do it is that the supervisor should contact that employee and advise them of that, that their performance is unacceptable and what needs to be improved. In addition, that needs to be written up. We then review that performance with the employee. We have them sign and date that they understand that we uh, are finding that their work is not uh, up to speed. It's not an admission of guilt. It's simply a matter of an acknowledgement that we are reviewing it with them. So we review those things with them. We then forward it to our human resources department. So that way we have a record and everybody has a record and then we can see if it is improving over the next period of time. And if it is, great. And if it's not, then uh, it's one to strike two and strike three. What can happen if a store owner makes a poor hiring choice? How can it impact their operation? Well, a poor hiring choice really can adversely affect your operation, especially when it depends upon the position that they're in. So it can affect from the appearance of the store, the cleanliness of the store, the machines not working, stealing funds. Those are some of the consequences that can occur if you make a poor hiring choice. So it's really important to try to make a good choice. And I tell my supervisors that it's not always good to be quick. It's good to be right. And it might take longer to find that right person, but it's well worth it in the long run because you don't want to be back there in 30, 60, or 90 days having to do the same thing, train and teach and go over it all over again. Michael, I've enjoyed our, our conversation today. Do you have any final comments or, or tips that you can offer about staffing to our audience? No, Bruce, I really don't. I would just say that hiring people is very difficult in this environment, uh, and you really just 
have to try to find the best people that want to work and that have a good personality and fit your culture. And hopefully you can keep them for a long time uh, because folks that are with you for a long time understand what your expectations are. It makes life so much easier. I think it will make a, a laundromat operator successful. Michael Finkelstein, president and owner of Associated Services Corporation. Thanks for being my guest on the American Coin Op Podcast. Thank you, Bruce. The American Coin Op Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC in Chicago. Music is written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. For more information about future podcasts, visit our website at AmericanCoinOp.com or consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about these podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. For the American Coin Op Podcast, this is Bruce Beggs saying your cycle is up. <laughs>